0: I want to be afraid, because these waves are all... Let faith rise up, oh heart, believe, let faith rise up and
1: Good morning, Cypress Bible Church. I'm Jeremy Little. Hopefully, some of you know me. I've been up here before, but uh, I've spent the last X number of years teaching, and so I'm very glad to be up here singing with you all again. Um, I wanted to say that you know, there's been a whole lot of distractions lately, COVID, the freeze, uh, everything else that's going on. You know there's things going on in your own lives that are distracting. And one thing about all of these distractions is they, they keep us from worshiping God. And when we're all together like this, they keep us from worshiping God together because our mind strays to it. Whatever those distractions are, whatever those things that are afflicting you. And so we, the church, you, you know that we're the church. This, this building is where we meet. <clears throat> we are the church, and we are members of one another. And when we come together like this, we have a great opportunity to sing music and play, just like they did in the Old Testament, just like they did in the early church. We have that opportunity. But there's one very important part. It's our heart. And so on our order of worship that we just went through, this is the call to worship. And so what I want to do before we sing is call you to worship. I want to call you to focus on not the distractions, not the afflictions. I know there's there's afflictions too. Somebody's dying, maybe you're dying. We all have people we know that are my my brother-in-law is dying. Dear friends are. But we can't think about that right now. You can't think about COVID right now. Okay, not now. 2020 is over. 2021 is here. 2021 has its own struggles. You can't think about those things. Right now, we got to think about the Lord because that's what we're here for. And that's what we're here to sing about. And so when you sing here in, a, in a, another minute, focus on that. I'm going to try. It's a struggle for me too. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm halfway through a song and I think, what was I thinking about? that doesn't honor God. It worries me because it says in Isaiah, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Let us not be like that. Let us honor the Lord with our lips and our hearts. So we're going to pray right now. And I, I, I ask you, don't let anything distract you. If, you. if you don't like drums, don't let that distract you. Everybody up here is is doing this because we love the Lord. If you don't like electric guitars, don't let that distract you. If you don't like the song, don't let that distract you. Think of the words, because the words to all of these songs are great. And so this is our opportunity. This is your call to worship. And, And all of us together, we're gonna pray. We're gonna ask that the Lord would help us not to be distracted by these things, but to truly worship him in spirit and in truth. So let's pray. Oh, Lord, as our forefathers who went before us came and offered sacrifices, Lord, as our forefathers who came before us offered their bodies as living sacrifices, and Lord, as those who came before us who sang and played instruments for your glory to worship you, and there are many ways to worship you, Lord, but right now I ask you would please be with all of us that we would worship you in spirit and in truth. And that you would guide our hearts and our words and that we wouldn't worry if we're not good singers, Lord, because you know, you said make a joyful noise in your heart. So our singing doesn't matter. What matters is our hearts. So Lord, please let our hearts be there with you so that we can worship you, Lord. And as we sing this song, the great I am, We sing about you, Lord, the I am, the self-existent one, the one who was never created, the one who has the power of creation in himself. It is you, Lord, that we sing about. So please help us to focus on these words and to worship you now. Be with us, Lord, we ask. We beg in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: words make sure that you sing them to God I wanna be close close to your side heaven is real death is alive I wanna hear voices of angels above singing as one
3: CyberS Bible. I'm Tony Svensson, the GO! pastor. So this past week we've had the uh, GO! conference. So every year we have a GO! conference just to highlight uh, the GO! ministry. Uh, as a church we have committed to going and life-changing mission. And so I pray that you've had an opportunity to participate in that this week. It's all virtual. Uh, so if you missed anything you can go back and, and catch up. Um, that'll be located on our cbcgo.net website. It's our blog page. Uh, and we'll also send some more information out if you want to kind of catch up on some of that. Uh, we have a, a, a great privilege as a church to be committed to this, this act of sending missionaries into the world. Uh, and we are committed to it so much so that we've separated our general giving and our missions budget. So every year we ask uh, you as a congregation, us as a church, to commit to make these pledges Um, This year's a little bit different because normally we hand them out and we collect them all up here, but uh, due to COVID regulations, we've opted to try to do it online. Um, So you've probably, hopefully, seen some of the online uh, links where you can go and make your pledge. Um, They're just pledges. They're anonymous. Nobody sees them, uh, but we we tally them all up to try to calculate our next year's budget. So it's helpful um, for you all to do that. I don't want it to be a mechanical thing, though. I want you to know that ultimately it's a, it's a spiritual thing. It's a commitment uh, for us as a church to say we are committed to the mission of God, to take the glory of God to the ends of the earth, to shine God's lightness in the darkest places on this planet. And so it's a, it's a great act of worship for us to be a part of this. I'm always reminded of the church of Antioch, one of the first recorded sending churches, as, as they gathered to worship and they were fasting and they were praying, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas. And, and the church took a couple of their best and they sent them out. And it, and it began Paul's missionaries' journey, journeys of, of taking God's glory into really dark places and proclaiming the gospel and making disciples and planning churches. And so we are, as a church are committed to that work. And, and so please take an opportunity... Um, if you didn't receive the online, there are some physical copies uh, out at, at the Go kiosk that you can pick up and sign up and just put those in the, in the offerings. Um, or if you want to go online, you can also continue to do that online. We'll probably send out an email this week just as a reminder uh, to those of you who missed it. Uh, so thank you for being a part of the Go ministry of Cypress Bible Church, and we look forward to all that God will do in this coming year. Thank you.
1: Okay, we're going to continue singing, worshiping God, singing Jesus, Messiah. Why don't you stand with us and sing? Messiah is the anointed one. Jesus is the anointed one of God, the long-promised one. And that is where thinking about meditating on, meditating on and singing. So we'll do that now.
2: Great lyrics. He became sin Sin that we might become His righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross. Look so amazing. Look so amazing. Jesus, Messiah. I am
0: name of Blessed
1: Some people confuse that for a proper name. Emmanuel is God with us. And sometimes when we sing this song together, I like to sing God with us because I think about that. Jesus came down. He did not consider his equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself and became like us. But he didn't empty himself from being fully God. Fully God and fully man to dwell with us, and he is also our cornerstone, a cornerstone is what the entire building is made off of. It's a perfect stone. And Jesus is our cornerstone. Chandler's going to lead us in this beautiful song. I thank you that Tony Svensson's going to come up and share with us what he's been working so hard on. And you and I can listen to what he says and take this with us and apply what he says. So come on up, Tony.
3: As the go-pastor, I obviously get very excited about missions um, and how we define missions. Is going a life-changing missions. We go local, we go short, we go long. Uh, there is a pretty heated debate within the missions community uh, between missiologists and practitioners in the church and in the seminaries, and, and it's really defining uh, this, this idea of what is missions. And there are several books that have come out you know, when everything is missions. And the fear is is that when we, when we call everything missions, it diminishes the, the call to missions, the call to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, the, the call to make disciples, the call to plant churches. Um, and so the, the question becomes, is, is everything we do in the church missions? It, it's not, right? It doesn't make those things bad or less than. Uh, But we have to clearly define what is mission. Um, And then the other question is, is is everybody in the church a missionary? That one gets a little stickier. Some people say, yes, we are all missionaries. I would say, no, we are not all missionaries. The right question would be, can we all be missionaries? Can we all be missionaries? And so that goes back to defining what is missions. If missions is taking the gospel to lostness, making disciples of new believers and gathering them together, can we all do that? The answer is yes. Do we all do that? Unfortunately, the answer is no. And so I think we have to, to look at the Scriptures this morning and we have to ask ourselves, why is that? If, if the church has called to this mission, why are we not all participating in this work? And so we're going to take a look at 1 Peter 2, 1-10 through 10 this morning. And we're going to look at our, our identity as priests. We're going to look at the role of the church and the goal of bringing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Let's look at 1 Peter 2, 1 through 10. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word, so that you may grow up into your salvation. If you have tasted that the Lord is, is good. As you come to him as living stones, rejected by people, but chosen and honored by God, you yourselves, as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built up to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone, And the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. So honor will come to you who believe. But for the unbelieving, the stone that the builders rejected, this has become the cornerstone. And the stone of stumbling over and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobey the word. They were destined for this. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I think that is such a, a powerful set of scriptures, one that I've, I've pondered over for, for many, many months now, and I can't even begin to plumb the depths of all that, that there is to say about this passage. But I think it, it is very applicable to, to what we're trying to get to this morning, is, is how do we all become missionaries? And the first thing that we have to do is we have to realize our identities in Christ, We have to realize our identities as the community of God, His church. We have to recognize the goal of bringing the kingdom of God to the ends of the earth. That His glory would fill this earth as the waters cover the sea. And I think this passage really helps us to begin to see what God has called us to. So I'm going to start with this idea of of priests. It's kind of a confusing word in our culture because of the abuses that we've seen of people that we would identify as priests. We then for would say, you know, within church history, we've seen a lot of things uh, that probably we don't want to associate with. So sometimes we throw out a word because we don't like what comes to mind. But if the scripture calls us to this if the if jesus says this is our identity then we can't just throw the word out so what, is, what does that mean you are a priesthood of believers you've been made a priest right there's one mediator between god and man and that is jesus christ and when we think of the role in the old testament of the priest the priest would bring sacrifices to the temple Right? The people would bring sacrifices and they would present them on the altar as a sacrifice, as an atonement for sin. Um, but we recognize that, that God didn't, wasn't pleased with the sacrifice of bulls and animals, right? He, he, he desired a, something much greater. And so he sent his son into the world to be that one and for all time sacrifice for all people. And his blood was shed and he became that atoning sacrifice for all people in all places who would put their faith in Jesus Christ. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we take on this identity of priests. It's an an important role. But unlike Old Testament saints, right, the New Testament saints, the New Covenant, we have to identify what is is our role as priests. The first thing we have to recognize is that in the church today, a lot of times we, we, we tend to identify individual responsibility. What, what, am, what am I called to as a Christian? And when we do evangelism, we, we tend to focus on the individual response to the gospel. Uh, in the scriptures, a lot of times what you see is when the gospel is proclaimed, whole families come to salvation, whole communities come to salvation. And so we want to think about in terms of people, right? We have been made priests together, not priests individually. And he makes this clear as we go to 2.5, and he says, You yourselves as living stones, a spiritual house. So when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we become born again. We become new creatures in Christ Jesus but we become part of something larger than ourselves. We are temples of the Holy Spirit individually, but together we make the temple, right? The spiritual house that God is building together. And that is is significant to our growth because Christianity, being a Christian, isn't a solo sport. It's a team sport. We do this together. We are family. And God is building us up together so when you think of Old Testament, what did, the, what did the priests do? They presented sacrifice for atonement. And so individually, we present offerings to God. What do we present? As a church, as the spiritual house of God, we are the temple. So the temple was both a place where sacrifice was offered, but it was also the dwelling place of God. And so when we think of the, of the priesthood of the believers... We, we tend to, Jeremy said it this morning, when we think of church, we think of, we think of buildings, right? Even when, when I put a, a symbol up here on the screen and I, I put a little building, we, we associate that with church. But if I were to show just a circle of people, you'd say, what is that? It's just a bunch of people. What does that mean? But it would more accurately define what the church is because we are the church. If this building ceased to exist, the church would continue. The church would stand. And so we as, we as priests individually have a role and responsibility before God, but we have a, a larger responsibility to the community of God, his church. And it is what God has built. Jesus said that he would establish his church, and the gates of Hades would not perish against it. But when we think of church, the word church becomes like the word priest for us. It has a lot of baggage. So sometimes we would like to even change the name of church. We're just a group of Christ followers who gather together. We're a a missional community. The scripture only calls it one thing. It calls church, the people of God who gather together. Many times we would, we would go to a passage like Matthew 18 and we say, well, where two or three gather in my name, Jesus is there, right? Now, I think we take that verse out of context because I think that that verse is specifically talking about church discipline. But the idea of God, there's something significant when we gather together as a community of God, there's power in that and we recognize that. And so we can't minimize the role of church. The reformers, when they they begin to rethink of all the things maybe where the church had gone astray, they they begin to, to look at the Scriptures and they begin to identify some things that they needed to get right. And they use Scripture as their guide. The church has... Two authorities, the authority of the Holy Spirit and the authority of God's Word. And so as they begin to look at that, they, you're probably very familiar with the solas. Sola gradia, by God's grace alone. Sola fide, through faith alone. Solas Christus, by Christ alone. Sola scriptura, according to the scriptures alone. And sola de gloria, for the glory of God alone. Uh, One scholar recommended that there probably needed to be a sixth sola, sola ecclesia, through the church alone. How does God bring his glory to the world? He does that through the church. He does that through his people. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. He very rarely talks in individual terms. He always talks in collective terms. And so we can't just abandon this idea of church. When we think of what the world thinks of church, sometimes we say, well, the world doesn't, they don't see what we see. They don't experience what we experience in the context of, of the gathering of God's saints together. And even uh, one, you know, one concern that we've had over this past COVID years is if we Stop gathering together. Will people stop coming? And there are people that are sitting at home saying, you know, this is kind of nice. It's comfortable. I can watch a sermon. Uh, But that's because we've, we've portrayed this idea that Christianity is an individual thing. It's about just individual development and growth. It's not just that. It's far, far more. We are created to be a people together. And we come together to worship the living God. And so the gathering of the saints together is essential. It is essential. We have to do it. Because we love God and we are called to love one another. And that's the larger context of what he's doing here. He's reminding the saints of their identity together. They had received the gospel, when you go back to 1 Peter 1, they had, they had heard the word and they had been transformed by it, but they had, they had kind of lost that identity and he's, Peter's reminding them of their identity. You received the gospel and because you've received it, you should have been transformed by it. You should love one another. And he says, Therefore, rid yourselves of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, all slander, so as, as we take on the identity of priests and we recognize that together we are a priesthood, what do we do? The first thing we have to do is we have to do what the Reformers did. They ha- we have to go back to the Scriptures. It says, Like newborn infants desire the pure milk of the Word. And what is he? what is he commanding us to do here? Is he telling us to go home and read your Bible? No. Is he telling you to study more? No. The scriptures call us to all of those things. But what he's saying here is he says, desire, desire the pure milk of the word. Now, if, if, if any of you are like me, I can remember... When, when I became a new Christian, I couldn't get enough of this stuff. I couldn't get enough. I was so excited to dive into God's Word and I was memorizing Scripture. And, and then as time goes by, it gets a little bit, oh, yeah, I know that and that's good. And, and, and then before you know it, you can build a, you can build a pattern of just drifting away from, from, this, from God's Word. And, and we have to, if you can remember that time, if you can remember that hunger and thirst that you had for, for God's Word, you have to long to get back to that place and find a way. Because it's not something that's not attainable. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 10 minutes, or 10 years, or 50 years. Desire, thirst for God's Word. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And you know the best place to do that? It's in community. That's why we've, we've put so much focus over the past year or so of, of encouraging people to be a part of, of a go group or a grow group here at the church. Surround yourself by community. Regain that thirst and that hunger for God's Word. Second, as we come together as the priesthood of believers, living stones, a spiritual house, we are being built into a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices. So we hunger for the Word of God, and we offer our spiritual sacrifices. What is our spiritual sacrifice? I think first and foremost, he tells us in Romans 12, to present your bodies as living sacrifice. It's important in that passage, does he say, present your body as a living sacrifice? Or does he say, present your bodies? He says plural, present your bodies as living sacrifices. So we together are offering a sacrifice to God, which is holy and pleasing to him. And this is our spiritual worship. And so we corporately are presenting ourselves to God, to his glory, to his church, to his kingdom. That's what we do as priests, as the priesthood comes together. I think when you look at the context of the local church, what did the local church model for us? When we look at Acts 2, 36-47, he tells us what we do in the local church. We dedicate ourselves to the apostles' teaching. We, we break bread together. We gather together. We have fellowship. We worship God. We're praying. We're, and so we begin to identify our spiritual worship, what do we do when we come together in the context of a local church? The, the living stones, the priesthood of the believers that come together. We offer spiritual sacrifices to God. We give of our time, our talents, our resources. We together send out missionaries into the world and we support that work as the community of God. It's part of our spiritual sacrifice. And thirdly, we proclaim the gospel. We proclaim the gospel. When God gives us this identity as a people of God, and he tells us that we are a a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness, and into his marvelous light. So there's always this this proclamation that happens as a part of what God is doing through his people. Now there's a there's a saying that says preach the gospel when necessary use words. I despise that statement. Because certainly our lives should reflect the glory of God. People should look at us and say, what in the world is going on with that person? They're, they're different. They have peace. They have joy. They have happiness, contentment, self-control. Where is that coming from? Well, we know where it comes from. It comes from the Spirit of God who gives us these things. But then we have to proclaim, I have these things because of Jesus Christ. Because He came into the world to pay the penalty for my sins. Because He has risen from the dead and ascended back to the right hand of the Father. And I have put my faith in Him and that's why I am who I am. That's why these, these people that I gather with, that's why we are the way we are. It's all because of Jesus. And you can have it too. We have to proclaim who we are with the way we live and by proclaiming the good news of the Gospel. So when we go back through this, we think of our identity as priests. We redefine that as as we we have put our faith in Jesus, we've we've heard the word of the gospel, and we have been transformed by it through faith. And as new believers, we dedicate ourselves to God's word, right? William William Tyndall once said, he says, I defy Pope, in all of his laws, if God spare me, my life ere many years, I will cause a plowboy that driveth the plow, shall know more of the scriptures than thou dost. The reformers recognize, again, the need for the, for the God's word. And, and we, as a people of God, can interpret scripture for ourselves as we come together in the community of God, right? So if you, if you come to church and you have an obscure... Uh, idea of what scripture says and the community of God disagrees with you, then you might need to rethink your position. Because we as, as the community of God, we as the people of God, as we come together as the priesthood of believers, God has empowered us by his spirit to understand what he has given to us to where even the, a child can receive it. And the most wisest of men never cease to search the the deep meanings of His Word. And that is the amazing thing about God's Word. And then we come together and we we offer spiritual sacrifices unto our God as we come together as God's people. And we proclaim the Gospel as God's people. So we take on the identity of priests, we understand our role as a church, and then we seek We seek to bring God's kingdom on this earth as it is in heaven. And so kingdom would be a whole other sermon on its own. I think we we a lot of times misunderstand kingdom. A lot of times when Jesus does kingdom parables, or he's talking about the kingdom, we, we always tend to think in physicalities, just like we do the church. We think of a building. We don't think of the people. And I think kingdom is a very similar idea, There's going to be a future kingdom that God will establish. But Jesus very clearly says when He's preaching, repent, for the kingdom has come near. And certainly people said, well, where's this kingdom at? Many of them probably thought He was talking about that He was going to take over and, and be seated on the throne and He was going to rule over Jerusalem and free them from slavery, right? When He sends the, the 72 out in Luke 10... He tells them to go door to door. And when they receive them, He says, tell them that the kingdom has come near. Where's the kingdom? We, we bring the kingdom, the people of God, the priesthood of God's believers, a holy nation, a people set apart for God. We bring the kingdom into dark places. Revelation 1, 5, 6 says, To him who loves us and has set us free from sin by His blood has made us a kingdom, priests to His God and Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Revelation 5.10 says, You made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign on the earth. And so there are places in this world that still need to hear the gospel. There's places on this world planet where the kingdom still needs to be brought and when a missionary steps foot in a place where the gospel has not been proclaimed, where there are no disciples, where there are no churches, the kingdom has come there, the second a missionary steps foot on that ground that's, a, that's, a, that's amazing that God does that through us that we have become his ambassadors, his representatives on this planet to fill this earth with his glory. So there is a man sitting in a service, half asleep, and he looks over to his wife and he says, is the sermon done? And she says, it's only been said. It, has left, it is left to be done. So what do we, what do, we do with all of this? First we have to desire the pure milk of the word. We have to return to our love of God's word. Rekindle that. How do we how do we do that? Uh, we've we've talked a lot about in the go ministry. How do we build patterns into our life that ensure that that, that shows the word of God is a priority in our lives? A lot of times we read, we read books and we have resources and, and, and then we kind of dabble in the Scriptures. Let this be the primary focus of your devotion, of your meditation, of your reading. Invest in it. It is, it is, a living, it is the living Word of God. It will not come back void if you invest in it. Get involved in a community group that will help you to rediscover a love and a passion for God's Word. Study it in community together. It's far richer than doing it on your own, I promise you. And I'm not saying don't have your own individual study and prayer. And uh, There's a time for that, but there's, there should be much more time committed to community, much more time invested in the gathering of the saints together. It also says that when we desire the pure milk of the Word, that we need to grow up in our salvation. So I think Peter just told us here to grow up. Now typically when people tell you to grow up, you kind of take that as as an insult, right? Grow up, right? But he says grow up in your salvation. So what does that mean? How do you grow up in your salvation? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Don't misunderstand that to think that somehow... You earn your salvation, or that you can somehow become more saved, because you can't. You always go back to the first principles Jesus died, was buried, and resurrected, and through faith in him, we are saved. And that is the the good news of the gospel that we don't earn it, we don't deserve it. But don't forget it. Don't forget who you are in Christ. You are his son, you are his daughter through faith. You are a priest. You are his church. You are his kingdom ambassador. And so part of the, the process of discipleship is, is not just learning, right? There's there's a there's there's always learning and growing in knowledge. But apart from an abiding relationship with Jesus, we can produce nothing. And so we always come back to the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ. Third, we recognize our identities as members of his church. Now, at Cypress Bible Church, we have members and we have many attendees can I encourage you, if you've been attending here for some time and you know this is your church, become a member. Tell us that you are committed to this body. This is my family. Coming up on, on April 11th, they're going to have a membership class. If, if you would like to pursue membership, uh, go see Brian at the kiosk or let the church know, hey, I want to sign up for this membership class and they'll, and they'll get you those details. I think it's very important. To make that commitment that this is my church, this is my family. Church is important to God, it needs to be important to us. We need to offer forth our spiritual sacrifices to God. We need to present our bodies. What does God want to do with you through His church? We offer our sacrifices through His local church. Uh, We have a a dilemma in our age in which we have a lot of uh, parachurch ministries that tend to do a lot of the work outside of the context of the local church. And what we're trying to do in the Go ministry in particular is we're trying to do everything through the local church. And so where do you fit in in that? Where Where has God called you? Do you need to be equipped for that? We offer these things to you. And lastly, as we come together as the people of God, we proclaim the good news of the gospel because there is lostness in the world. Where is there lostness? There's lostness in your family. There's lostness in your neighborhood. There's lostness in this community. There's lostness in Houston. There's lostness in Texas. There's lostness across the globe. And our goal as a a Go ministry is to take the gospel to every people and every place on this planet until there is no place left. And we believe that God can do that in our lifetime. We believe that God can do that right now. And you know what? He is doing it. We're seeing the gospel explode around the globe right now, and we're saying, God, we want in. So God, people of God, that, that, this is who we are. We are priests. We are a church. We are the priesthood of believers together. And we are pursuing God's kingdom vision for his honor, for his glory, and for his kingdom. Amen? Let us pray. Father God, we, we give you thanks and praise for what Jesus Christ has accomplished in coming into this world to pay the ultimate price for our sins by dying on the cross. But we also recognize that He has risen from the grave. And that same power that raised Him is in us. And so would You empower us, Lord, to be people of the Word, people of Scripture, Lord. Would You help us to recognize our identities as a community of God, Your church. Would You help us to offer spiritual sacrifices that are pleasing To you, would you help us, God, to expand your kingdom, your glory, to the ends of the earth until there's no place left? We pray and we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Where do you fit in? That's a great
1: question. Some wonderful words here about where you might fit in and what you can do with your life for the glory of the kingdom of God.
3: receive this benediction. Jesus said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all that I have commanded. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen.